Don't be late for Culture Keepsake with Ken. The bell is about to ring. School is in session. Welcome to Culture Keepsake with Ken. This is season one. School is in session. We are at episode six, which is the unapologetic black intellect. I want to just share with you all just a little snippet of what happens inside of my experience being a black female in corporate America. Um, I haven't found in my experience where there are CEOs who intentionally go out and hire um, racially biased individuals, right? They don't seek out to say, you know, I'm just going to go hire people who don't like minorities or who don't like women. And that's who's going to run and represent my organization. I've never found that. But unfortunately, what does happen is that there are individuals that are brought into organizations who have those uncomfortable um, impressions or they have some um, not so nice things to say about women or minorities. So there are some racial or some division that happens inside of corporate America, but it's never the intent of the hiring managers or the intent of the leadership, CEOs, board members of corporations. That is not their intent, right? So what do you do? How do you do this? What happens? So I have certainly been challenged in my career based upon just wondering if I can produce at that level. Am I talented enough? Am I smart enough to function at that high level? And I never look at these things as um, an opportunity for me to react in this emotional uh, way of wanting to become argumentative because it's very sad and unfortunate that we have to do this right here, right now. And so what I do is I strategize in these situations and I respond according to the ignorance that you want to present to me. They are things that you personally deal with and I don't want to deal with them. I'm here to do a job or a task or I'm on a mission to complete something, work on this project, and we're going to get through this. You don't have to like me, but we will get through this. So your personal ill will towards black women or women in general needs to stay outside of the door. And when we're in here, we are human beings. We're people working together. And so I take those as opportunities for me to teach in those moments and I hand all those lovely labels back nice and pretty and I hand them back to you and I say no they're yours the unapologetic aspect is I don't apologize I don't ever say I'm sorry for being smart I don't ever say I'm sorry for being innovative I don't ever feel that I should dumb it down or I should tone it back or I should not be that I'm going to be that and if not more Because my mind and my innovation and my part of the conversation is just as valid as anyone else at this table. 
I will be heard and seen, but sometimes I'm quiet as a mouse, but I move strategically. And when I speak, you hear me, you listen. I've had situations happen to me where um, I've had to actually stop everything that I'm doing to address this because it becomes a nuisance. And it's okay that you have to do that because you do not have to live in that or work in those environments. I remember there's been there's been a number of situations um, where my my boss um, has had to step in because there's things that happen. And I remember him asking me not to maybe a year or so ago. He said, uh, "Can you have you ever experienced racism? You know, in in your career or in in the job?" And I kind of laughed. I'm like, "Yeah, almost on a daily basis." And he's almost like, well, where have I been? It's like the shock. And I said, you're usually sitting right next to me. It happens in so many ways that you don't even, uh, some people are not even aware of it as it's happening. And I kind of nip it in the bud so fast that we don't even have a moment to even know that that just happened. And there are situations where it does happen. And my boss will have these side conversations with these individuals and then He'll say, oh, they're going to apologize for, you know, their behavior. They don't apologize to me. They apologize to him. And then that speaks volumes, right? So now I understand what I'm dealing with or who I'm dealing with as I continue to work with you. So those are the things that you have to carry with you and understand. Don't take, the op- don't take this opportunity as a way of responding in a way that is a stereotypical response. Remove all of that and handle your business and keep moving. Those labels are not ours. Those stereotypes don't belong to us. Just give them back in the moment. Don't hold on to them. Don't let it slide. Give it back. And I just wanted to share with you a little bit of uh, information that I came across. Is that when you look at the Fortune 500s here in the U.S., 91% of them are led by white men. 5% of these Fortune 500s are led by um, women and 4% are led by minorities. And if you break that down in numbers, that means that there are 37 women running Fortune 500 companies here in the U.S. 37. And just three of them are minorities and Out of that minority pool, zero are black. Zero. There are currently four CEOs of Fortune 500s in America that are led by black men. And I am so proud. I am so ecstatic to know that everything that our ancestors fought for And everything that they stood for is showing up in so many different ways. I'm excited because they have paved the way for the next generation. They are leaving real artifacts and gems and a legacy that's phenomenal. I'm excited to know that I have an opportunity to pave the way for a female, for a black female. I might not be sitting at that CEO table But I'm going to get close enough so that the next female, the next black female that's coming up behind me, she'll get just a little bit closer. 
So let's just take a moment to pay some bills, but I'm going to bring my good friend Eris into the conversation because he's been with me on my career journey and he's one of my greatest friends, best friends. He's my partner in crime in my career. So bring him to the conversation and share his experience. So hang tight. Coach Keith, I have my good friend, my partner in crime, Eris Wright here with us. Welcome, Eris. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. I'm so happy that you're here with me. Um, I remember when I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And you were like, go for it. So you've <laughs> always been like my cheerleader, my coach, my champion, my mentor. So I appreciate you immensely. I appreciate you. You know, I am your biggest fan. So <laughs> you said you wanted to do this. I was like, let's go. All right. So let's get into it. So tonight we have the topic of unapologetic black intellect. So I know you've been with me on a lot of my career decisions on this crazy career path I've chosen to take here in corporate America. And I know we both have experienced a lot of those situations where we walk in the room and we look around and we're the only people with melon in the room. (laughs) Mm. And um, there's a lot of things I think people aren't aware that may happen in corporate America. You know, people think racism is the hood over the face or the spewing of racial slurs. It's a little bit uh, different in corporate America. So why don't you share us a little bit about your experiences? Sometimes you walk in the room and you're the only black uh, intellect in the room. Yeah, I, um, you know, after my 15-year career, um, I've been in that situation (laughs) more times than I can count. But um, I truly believe that you know, people don't leave companies, they, they, they leave people. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we spoke a little bit about, um, you know, leaders or CEOs, executives don't necessarily obviously hire racially insensitive people. Mm-hmm. I think pe- people are just going to be more comfortable around their own. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I can't necessarily blame um, some of my peers or some of my former leaders for not noticing certain things, but um, I've recently made it a, hap- a habit to, you know, have those conversations. You know, in my business unit currently, I would say there's less than 20%, you know, less than 20% of my my group is uh people of color Wow. where in other business units in my, my company, um, like you, you, you might go over to the consumer or the retail uh, world as we call it. And you see plenty of color, right? Right. But right. in my organization where I am sitting, you know, sitting next to CEOs, mayors, you know, I, I work with the public sector. Um, you don't see as many as us, so it's like, okay, do you think we can't communicate the same? Do you what what, what you what is it that it is about? You know, having us in those leadership roles or the roles where you have to go out and, and represent, be the face of the company, 
um, <clears throat> where you you just don't see the representation um, in those those type of in parts of those business units, I guess, throughout my company. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way, you know, I'm in the tech side, very analytical operations and leading the global team. You don't see too many of people of color and women, especially um, in those roles. So it's very in your face. And like you said, I don't think the intent of like a CEO wakes up, like I said earlier and says, oh, I think I'm just going to hire a group of uh, racial leaders and be done with it. I don't think that's the, the intent, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You can't go on an interview. I would hope not. What's the last racial slur you said, right? You can't ask people those questions. Yeah. So, yeah, so... I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I know like we both work for Fortune 500 companies and when you start looking at the, the numbers of you know, leaders of Fortune 500 companies, um, you find that 91% of CEOs are white men. So I think that we have a huge opportunity. What do you see, I guess, that we can do in our generation? Because, you know, we're going to pave the way for the next generation. Um, what are some things that you, you see that we can do to continue to pave that way and bring up the next generation? Well, when I think about paving the way for, you know, I wish I had a mentor mm -hmm. when I was uh, entering the, the working world, when I was, you know, coming out of college or um, even <clears throat> my first job. I did. I kind of just jumped in uh, feet first. Uh, I wish I had someone a couple levels above me that was that I could emulate you know, mm -hmm. some of those virtues and, and learn some of those skill sets. So, so I, I personally truly believe that mentorship, um, on a professional level, I mean, even outside of work, but definitely on a professional level. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things right now I'm looking to do in my organization is start a group, um, with leaders of color and, uh, allow those to kind of pick out frontline people mm -hmm. and and mentor them, you know, have mm -hmm. weekly or monthly calls um, and just talk about some of the obstacles that are, that are faced. Right. Um, and I think that would go a long way. I agree immensely. Um, internships too. Ooh. That's another thing that, um, and you hear internships all the time, but do we have a lot of internships uh, that are focused on diversity and people of color? Now, I, I, you know, I see them every now and then. You have those token programs for some of these bigger companies, but I think that, and this is another project that me and a peer of mine are kind of working with our talent um, partners to kind of put together a pipeline um from hbcs you know we're, we're spending some time going out looking for these students and and kind of bringing them into corporate america wow. and giving them a firsthand look at what it's going to be like right right 
That's dope. So putting yeah, putting together some programs like that. Um I I truly believe when you get, you know, hands-on experience mm-hmm. and exposure, that helps. You know, you don't you, you can read business books, take business classes. <laughs> But you, until you get out there, you, you're definitely um, not prepared. Just by, you know, coming out and, and having that 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 knowledge in your head, I think getting yeah. out and doing it and experiencing it and seeing it uh, will help tremendously. I don't think those books, you know, those professional books of you know how to coach or how to be a leader, kind of leave out. A few important things like um, when you're posed or or questioned or even challenged by your talent or your intelligence because you're a minority or you're a person of color. You know, how do you overcome that without becoming that emotional, you know, stereotype, those lovely labels that are always given to us when we walk in the room? You know, we have to overcome that just to get, Mm -hmm. you know, so how do you find overcoming some of those situations yeah and that and that it can't be taught you know it mm-hmm. you have to be able to learn that um from some or it can't be taught by someone who hasn't experienced that you right. know or, or lived it so you have to um pair yourself with someone um that is, that's been there so i know um, we talked to before you know it's like you know we always have to have that strategy kind of mentality, you know, when we're sitting in a room kind of, you know, sizing up the room. And I love how you refer to it as like, you know, playing chess, you know, you got to kind of mm-hmm. figure out who the players are and things like that. What's like, I guess, a good piece of advice you can give a young person who currently doesn't have a mentor or um, doesn't have someone they can reach out to? How would you, I guess, explain or, or encourage them to, you know, strategize in those situations instead of being more reactive and um, becoming that image that they have already expected you to be. Yeah, I I, I think about being purposeful um, in everything you do. Mm. Um, um, it kind of reminds me of something I heard today watching um, John Lewis's um homegoing celebration um and his words uh were to be mindful be kind and be particular right so when you think about strategizing i think about that piece where you want to be purposeful uh you know in building that network and um just seeking people that don't think like you and you know, kind of leaning that way, and understanding that uh, things don't always go <laughs> the way they, they you think they're going to go. So, um, finding people that are a little bit different, but you can still, you know, go to them for mentorship and. Uh, and things like that that will help you succeed in, in, in your role as a person of color. Um, because when you're 
we talked about earlier, when you are that only person sitting in the room, <laughs> um, it's, it's it can be kind of intimidating. Yeah. So, uh, just being able to kind of strategize that out of your head and and make sure you're purposeful in the people that you're reaching out to and connecting with. That is so true. Knowing your purpose. That is so, so true. So, Eris, I know you have like a multitude of amazing projects going on. And if you can share with us <laughs> some of the great things I know what you're doing inside of your uh, professional you know, world, but what else have you, are you working on extending that into the community? Because I admire your um, ability and your entrepreneurial mindset of always paving forward and extending your power in so many different ways. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing and how we can connect with you. Well, you know, outside of my my career, I you know, I work with two nonprofits, right? And currently I am helping my younger brother stand up a, a, a new nonprofit. Um, uh, he's 28, he's still trying to find himself he, you know, he graduated college with a master's in criminal justice. And, you know, he thought he was going to get out here and just jump right into the world and make all the money. Um, he tried to, you know, be a rapper. He tried this. He, I mean, he, he's tried to do, you know, several things, you know, and I, and I had a conversation with him. I was like, hey, what, you know, it, it's all great. We all want to make money. But what what is your legacy going to be? What Ooh. What is your purpose? Wow. Right. And that's something he didn't think about, you know, you know, every, every time he, you know, looks towards doing something, he's always thinking about the money, which is good. We all like money, right? (laughs) (laughs) But look at it from a different perspective. So we, you know, he had this ideal many moons ago about, you know, when he was working in corrections, how, you know, he thought that, you know, the food um, that they provide, you know, is, is, not the best food we all know and he he wanted to be able to you know provide quality food for people who are less fortunate whether that be in the correction facility homeless things like that Mm -hmm. and so we're working on standing up you know his his uh new nonprofit, um the sustenance association where we will partner with um local um correctional facilities um, shelters, um, corporations, and try to really give back to the community through uh, a sustenance standpoint. So providing that food, that nourishment that will enlift you, mm-hmm. um, and be part. And, and our particular, that's that's what it's going to start as. Okay. Um, so looking forward to that journey right now. Awesome. <laughs> um, it's definitely going to be an interesting one, especially you know living through this pandemic right now. Right. Um, it's definitely something that is a need. You know, there's a lot of people out here struggling right now. So um, I think we're going to find our purpose in that. Wow. I'm excited for you because I definitely think that um, when you start looking around the things that we can do to expand our talents in so many different ways. This is definitely a beautiful thing that you are taking on with your younger brother. So I applaud you because you are an awesome, awesome mentor in so many different ways. So that is exciting. Thank you. 
Thank you. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so I definitely think of you as an extremely intellectual uh, Black king. So I know you don't apologize for your intellect. So I appreciate you doing that. And all the young people and the people um, that stand right with you that for leading that and standing always in your purpose and knowing who you are at all times. So I well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you are. I appreciate that, Queen. <laughs> Thank you for being there with me. Oh, always. I we, always. We, we definitely have to stand beside each other and, and uplift each other in our different endeavors. And mm -hmm. um, that's how we'll move forward. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm so happy that you've come with me on this crazy journey of, of the podcast and, and trying to capture our culture and, and hold on to our traditions and tell our stories our way. So thank you for spending time with me and everyone who's listening. Um, where can we find you, Eris? Uh, so if someone wants to connect with you and maybe partner with you in your um, journey uh, with the nonprofit you have coming up. Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest way. Okay. Um, we're still working on, you know, putting together a website um, and some marketing uh, materials for the new nonprofit. But you can find me on LinkedIn, Aris Wright, Aris with an A, that's R-I-S, and Wright with a W. Yes, Mr. Wright, Mr. Aris Wright. So go ahead and uh, connect with Eris on LinkedIn. Um, certainly if you are interested or want to learn more, or if you really need a mentor and you're trying to find your way, um, Eris will definitely have that conversation with you of knowing your purpose and, and trying to identify that purpose. So thank you so much, Eris, for your time. Absolutely. Thank you. I want to thank Eris for joining us in this conversation um, on the uh, unapologetic black intellect. I want for us all to embrace our purpose. Ask yourself that very question that Eris asked his brother. What is your purpose? What do you see as your legacy? What's going to be your legacy? Because what we do right now today is just not for us living in this particular moment. We are to leave our mark. We're to leave our artifacts. Use this time to build the legacy. Because our children and our children's children will all benefit from everything that we are doing today. When Congressman John Lewis was laid to rest and beautiful things were spoken of him, but what was echoed is that his legacy, the man that he was and will continue to be for not only just in the political world, but for all of us here in Black America, the passion and the love, the gentle spirit of who he is lives on still today because he understood his purpose at the age of 20. He understood that you're going to get in trouble, but like he said, get in that good trouble. Know exactly how to strategize as you walk into the corporate America arena, if this is the path that you choose in your career, and you are a minority, and you are black and a female, just know, as I've stated before, you will be challenged. 
you will have to fight 10 times harder. But don't look at it as a defeat. Don't look at it as an obstacle. Look at it for actually you being the scholar, the professor. You have an opportunity to teach in every teachable moment. I have been asked some of the strangest questions in my career in the meeting room. And instead of me reacting in the way in which you assume I would act or you anticipate for me to respond, I love to do my grin and my smile and I'm going to school you right then and there and we're going to keep moving. I have been challenged, not just in my education, but also in my career and my perseverance, my resilience and my critical thinking and problem solving abilities has allowed me to progress in my career. You know me, Kenya, for who I am, not what you think I am or who you thought I was. You're going to know me for who I truly am. And that is our purpose. And that is part of our, us leaving our legacy. These are our artifacts to leave. These are our stories to tell. These are our opportunities to grow and progress. Ask yourself, what will be my legacy? And know that you have a purpose. So there's some beautiful opportunities for us in corporate America that we have an opportunity to sit at the tables that you know we have not been able to sit at. Pull your chair up. Know when to fold that chair. Move on to the next table. When you are invited to sit at the table, strategize and understand your move in the conscious moment. Pick the right elements and pick the right move and understand that you are there for a reason. You are invited to show up and show out. Don't allow anyone to tell you you can't. Don't allow anyone to define you. Don't allow anyone to tell you who you're going to be and how you're going to perform. You perform at that elite level and those who brought you to the table know it. Embrace it. Pat yourself on the back and move your way through and set the precedence and create the path for the next. This is a beautiful time because we have CEOs that are black men who are running Fortune 500 companies. And we have so many more to go and sit and influence and be part of the process. There are huge opportunities for us. Own them, create them, master them and embrace them. You will be called names. You will be challenged in ways that they don't always wear the hood and no one's spitting racial slurs in your face. There are underlying things that are said and happen. Be aware of them. Catch them all and hand them back and let them know that they do not belong to you. They bounce off of you and don't stick. So I want to thank you all for spending this time with me. And in in this lovely journey of season one of Culture Keepsake with Ken, school is in session. I look forward to our next time together next week. But I want to leave you all with the original piece, one of my poems that I'm putting together for this series. It's called My Move. 
and it kind of sums up and it kind of embraces and hugs exactly what this gem is. So enjoy this time and enjoy one another. Learn from one another. Ask questions. Find your mentor. Find your your champion, your cheerleader. Find your coach. Find that one person that will help you, guide you, and encourage you through your progression. Please stay safe. And I got nothing but mad love for you all. I'll see you next week. One love. My move. We sit across the table. I'm able to assess who's about to test my intellect. I grin. I'm in. It's time to play chess. See, the rest are unaware of your move, but you seem to be unaware of who I am. So let me introduce myself. I'm not here for display. Mm-mm. I'm not here for a better color. You see, I'm here to school you. You see, I'm here to rule the board. I'm not here to be fooled. Mm-mm. I'm not here to fit your black labels. You see, I'm here to show you excellence. You see, I'm here to remove your fictional fables and turn all the tables. I'm the queen, the most valuable player, the most powerful piece. You see, I have the ability to move backward, forward, and diagonally for as many squares I see fit. So I'm here to stay. So get ready to play. Checkmate.